You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Robert, great to get you on Real Vision. Yeah, it's a real pleasure to be here, Raul. So what I'd love to do first is just uh, introduce yourself to the audience so they know what you do. We'll talk a bit about your business as well, and also a bit of your crypto journey, and then we'll dig into some of the stuff we want to talk about. Okay, great. Well, you know, my journey really started when I was a, a young investment banker. I was based in London, and I started doing emerging markets corporate finance for a global investment bank. And I ended, up in, I ended up in Moscow, in Russia, uh, working for a loan for a Russian, you know, a Russian corporation. And I, I, you know, I was like a really young guy and I was curious about you know, how the loan process and everything worked. And you know, uh, you know, in our subsidiary, we had like a value of say five and we were lending a hundred to this Russian company. And so I kept asking like, where does this come from? Where does this money come from? And finally, like, you know, one of the treasurers in the company said, look, Robert, we, we make a loan to this Russian company and then we create a deposit account and I enter the numbers in that deposit account. And that's where it comes from. I'm like, you know, it doesn't get transferred from headquarters. It doesn't go through the central bank. And he's like, no, we, we, we create the money right here. So I, I was just, you know, I, it was shocking. And so that kind of that kind of what led me to, you know, be looking at Bitcoin and always the question of what is money? So I run a company in Geneva and our goal is to uh, replace banking with code. Okay. So what does that mean? So what, what, are you, what are you doing? Well, you know, it's something I think I heard you say on Real Vision, which is like when interest rates went negative here in Switzerland, I mean, it's, it's, it's somewhat known here that one of the large regional asset managers went to their bank and said, look, all, all of our cash in the bank is now going to cost us 75 basis points. So we've researched it. We're going to take out our money, you know, like several hundred million Swiss francs, and we're going to put it in storage and we'll put whatever the, you know, armed guards or whatever they had planned. And they said, you know, Give us our give us our cash because it's cheaper than having it in the bank. And the bank, you know, said, you know, you obviously haven't read your uh, deposit agreement very closely, and uh, you know, the, offered to transfer it to any other bank, uh, but you can't take it out in cash. So it, it's kind of the same thing for us. Like the yield curve went negative. You know, the bank called and said, we're going to start charging you for your money in the bank. And no one likes banks, right, Raul? Like people prefer to go to the dentist rather than going to a bank. So <laughs> it's just so frustrating, you know? It's like, I, I think it was just, you know, it, it's, it's, where, it's where a lot of innovation comes from in the financial space, in crypto, because people are just pissed off, right? I mean, Satoshi was probably pissed off, like in the Genesis block, he's got like Chancellor gonna, you know, on the verge of a bailout of more banks. And so- you know, my, you know, my, my business partner and I, we thought like, we're smart guys, like we're going to figure out some way 
to go around the bank and and get an earning on our on our on our savings. So the the company came out of that. And so so where are you in your kind of launch process of of all all of this of your version of disrupting the banking system? So it's you know it's gone pretty well. You know we didn't start as as crypto fanatics. Like we don't come at come at it from the technology side. And I really think the technology is not that important. I, I know in crypto, like everybody's obsessed with their technology, but it's really just the back end. I think what's important is the benefits. And so, you know, for us, we wanted to like cut out the bank, and the best way to do that is by crypto. I mean, I mean, all roads lead to crypto, right? Whether you're Paul Tudor Jones or whether you're Michael Saylor, I mean. The conclusion to a lot of your problems is 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 crypto. So we we've become fanatics about it. But for us, it was just a way to earn a higher rate of return on our savings. And so, you know, the the company the company now we've uh, we started in the spring. We we tested it with our own money. Worked pretty well. Our kind of the one of the things that we do that is our secret sauce is we get everything insured in the Lloyd's market in London. So it's comparable to a bank account. And and now we have about 125 million Swiss franc equivalent uh, on deposit and and growing. So, so it's a decentralized finance platform of which people earn interest, but the difference is is the interest is insured. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it, it simply goes around the bank, and so we earn our money in the real economy. And we, you know, the the way that we do that, we then have it insured, so people don't take any risk. We're built on a we're built on a new tech stack, right? The blockchain tech stack, and in my view, that's going to replace all the old, you know, black box databases that are, you know, the current banking model. So, um, yeah, so it's 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 gone really well. I mean, we have trouble keeping up with demand because you know so many people are happy to put things on deposit in dollars. We offer you know we offer three percent, and it's. And it's 100% insured, whether you put, you know, $100 with us or, you know, $10 million or something. So, And how do you generate the 3% that well, you offer people? We do basically the same thing that banks do. So what we, what we do is, is we, we were going to lend. You, you, you keep in mind, we're, you know, we're sort of bankers. I mean, I have a banking background. My partner is like a PhD in engineering, very technical. And we you know, we wanted to do what banks do, but better. And so making a loan, we didn't like that very much because, you know, with a loan, it's a promise to repay and you don't have an asset. So what we did is basically we start with the contract. And so we can make it into a smart contract. So you have like, uh, you have a seller selling something to a buyer. We hash that to chain using a proof of delivery. So it cuts out the possibility of dispute. Um, our process produces an invoice, so it can't be it can't be faked. And the buyer and the seller both agree that if it's written to chain, that's the record of truth, and that's what the buyer pays on in you know thirty days, forty five days, or or whatever. And if they don't pay, the the Lloyd's insurance market pays. And so, is this for crypto balances or cash balances that you're offering the three percent? So we've started in the traditional space because we had like, you know, dollars, euros and francs. And now we're developing it in stable coins. So we're going to offer it in the crypto in the crypto space in stable coins starting in dollars. 
And we also have a partnership with Aave, which, I, which is, I think, one of the top money markets in crypto. And so we're creating a money market for our insured collateral in, uh, yeah, in crypto. So our goal, is, our goal is essentially to move everybody from the traditional space to crypto. I mean, we, we want to be a bridge for particularly institutional money managers uh, to come to crypto, wherever you are. You know, we're based in Switzerland. We're regulated. Um, but eventually we want to operate uh, globally. And so, so how does the mechanism work? Because I bring cash to you. So I'm institution A. I give you cash. So how are you generating the returns? You're lending it out to who's, who's paying the other side of the equation? So what we do is we purchase. So we purchase receivables as long as they can correspond to something that we can code. So it's inputs. So it's like in the staffing market, for example, somebody has worked, you know, eight hours a day for a major software company. The input is simply that they've, uh, they've done those number of hours. Both sides agree that delivery has happened. That's our proof of delivery. Written to chain, can't be disputed. The seller and the buyer agree that that's what they're, they're going to pay on that basis. And then there's, a, there's, as typical, there's payment terms. There's, you know, 30 days, 45 days or whatever. So we finance, in the, we finance the seller in the beginning by buying their invoice. And then we get the, and then we get the invoice insured. You know, you know, like every business relationship starts with a contract. And we turn that into a smart contract. And the invoice that comes out of that, that's, you know, that's our asset. So it's not dependent on lending against somebody's reputation, their balance sheet, whatever. We, we become the asset owner. So we, we wanted it to be programmable. So we do it for staffing. We do it for an incredible number of commodities flow through Switzerland. I mean, so it's, so, it's mainly the factoring, trade finance, those kind of flows. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the, that's, I mean, like I said, contracts is where, is where everything starts, right? In a business relationship. So, and, and it allows you to have an, it allows you to have an asset. And how does that get insured? Because they're all, well, they're all different contracts, right? So how does that work? Yeah. So we insure the, we insure the buyer. So the buyer is the obligor. So you get broad-based insurance against, and the, the great thing is, is the seller doesn't have much of a, of a credit, of credit to support it, but the buyer does. And so um, we price it off of, we price it off of the buyer, off of their, off of their credit rating. And then in the Lloyd's market, we, we get insurance for it. So whether it's like, you know, a large telco or Nestle or something like that. We, we simply agree that if they don't pay their bills out of short-term working capital, then uh, insurance covers it. And th the greatest thing about it is, is that it's all recorded. It's all recorded to Ethereum. It, it's all recorded to chain. L like it's just open, transparent, permissionless. You can't, you can't change it. I mean, you know, it, it was, you know, I was pleasantly surprised, I mean, to go to the Lloyd's market in London with this idea. You can imagine, right? I mean, but before I went, I thought the chance of this working is very low, right? Because I, I started my career at a merchant bank close to Lloyd's. And one of my first jobs as like a graduate trainee, this, you know, this whatever, this old, old banker, he said, you know, pray, Mr. Sherrod. He said, do go over to Lloyd's and see if the ship has come in. And I went over. And, you know, it's like, so my memory of Lloyd's is like, it's pretty antiquated. And, and they were amazing. I mean, I, we explained like, 
we're doing this crypto blockchain business. We're writing it to Ethereum. We have this proof of delivery. It's going to change the world because it's a shared database. It, it's, it takes out the possibility of disputes. And, and Lloyd's were really keen on it. I'm, I'm like, I was pleasantly surprised. So, so one of the things uh, you dropped me a note recently about your thoughts on developing a yield curve, because, you know, there's a difference between a yield curve for Bitcoin, which is based purely on Bitcoin. This is kind of a hybrid yield curve, right? We're talking about here because it's, it's natural money market rates of lending outside of central banks, but it's not a crypto yield curve for the lending of crypto, which, as you said, you're moving into as well. So, well, we're going to move into we're going to move into it. Whether you price it in dollars or USDC doesn't really doesn't really matter because I mean you can do that either you know in the traditional world or in the crypto world. The proposal for the money market is on Aave, which is a decentralized you know I mean lending and borrowing uh, platform. So that would be that would be the basis for the for the yield curve. We'd add a time element to it. So, you know, the yield curve is not just for money. It's, as you know, it's for, uh, it's for financial instruments, like it's short dated financial instruments built on top of, you know, the money. So US dollars is, you know, T-bills and then uh, bonds further, further out. And yeah, but the idea is just that you have to start somewhere, you know. I mean, I think the amazing thing about crypto is you have to lead people to it. If you're, if you're just fanatical about Bitcoin only, that's amazing. And I, and I love that. I, I, I love that, by the way. I'm very, you know, I'm very passionate about Bitcoin. I'm actually leading an initiative here in Switzerland to add Bitcoin to the, to the federal constitution. So I'm like extremely keen on Bitcoin. We're going to offer Bitcoin in the future. Um, but, you know, we're, I mean, I'm very happy to start with something that is in crypto and, and priced off of essentially stable coins. So how do you see this yield curve developing then? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to put our real world assets into this Aave money market secured by, secured by Chainlink, and it's all insured. So the idea is, is, the idea is, is, that, is the, that could be a risk-free rate because you know, in, in crypto, there's no sovereign issuers. And typically the sovereigns are the, are the risk-free, supposedly, rates in, the, in traditional markets. So what evolved in traditional markets, like you know, is you have your sovereign curve for yield, but then you also have things like LIBOR. And LIBOR is pretty fascinating because it grew out of the syndicated loan market in the 1960s. It became formalized with the British Banker Association at the time of Big Bang in the, in the UK in, 80, in 86. And it was intended to be less distorted than the sovereign curve because the you, you know, the government issued debt curve, of course, is influenced by how much money the, you know, the central banks print or whether they do yield control or whatever. So LIBOR is fascinating because it, at the time it was intended to be more reflective of the real world, like the real cost of funding. And, and that's exactly what we want to do. We're, we're putting our real world assets on this money market in, in crypto. And it's in, and it's insured, and it's like you know the the link between the real world and crypto is all going to be secured by Chainlink. But how big is that? Because the thing about LIBOR and the Eurodollar market, it's absolutely enormous, right? right? So the liquidity is almost limitless. 
But when you're looking at the kind of factoring, trade financing, and other kind of private markets in lending, they're not as deep or liquid. So how does that work in creating, you know, a benchmark instrument? You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Well, they don't need to be one they don't need to be one to one matched. I mean, like as as you know, like the the notional value of like derivatives or whatever tied to the yield curve is is incredible. There's 370 trillion dollars just priced off of US dollar LIBOR. Like it's like it's enormous. But but that's, you know, just to I mean the human mind can't even conceive of that, right? I mean, you know, that's six, to put it in perspective, that's six times the size of global bank deposits, according to the Bank for International Settlements. I mean, it's just, it's mind blowing. But like, you know, uh, a lot of it is notional, right? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of set offs. That's not all real world assets. So you know, our view is, is that, of course, the, the, the markets that, that we're looking at, that we're essentially, you know, financing, just that flow through Switzerland are enormous. The staffing market is 500 billion, telco markets 100 billion, you know, half of like, uh, you know, sugar and like coffee beans uh, flow through here. You're, you're talking in the, in the billions. So it's large enough that it can be representative. I don't think it needs to be matched one to one. I think it needs to be priced properly by the market. And, and that's the problem you had with LIBOR. Because you had, as you know, you had like, you know, banks in London who were accused of fixing that rate. And it was just a group of like, whatever, a dozen banks. And they dropped the top and the bottom quartile and then took like, you know, it took an average rate, but it's still set by essentially behind closed doors. So our view is it's much better if the market can do it. And, and that for the replacement curves for, for LIBOR, like SOFR in the United States, the, the idea is, is that will be set, that will be set with, uh, by the market. And so the first phase of this, I guess, is a money market curve. So, you know, going out to, I don't know, how, how long do you do these deals for that gives you some sort of curve? And then how do you extend that into something that is a longer term curve, because if not, it's, it's still just the nascent part, which is the money market. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and you've got to start, you've got to start somewhere. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't have the solutions to all of this. I mean, the amazing thing about crypto is there's so many smart people involved in it from all over the world. We're, we're just hoping to start it. And so it would definitely be short dated. So what we would do is, is uh, the money market on Aave, we thought we'd start with like a, an overnight rate essentially. And then we would add a time element to that out 90 days. Right. The amazing thing about digital rather than the old fashioned, you know, traditional finance market is, is that you, you can actually have, you know, 90 days, like discrete of like a price curve on it. So you can say you, you essentially get a time value of money in say USD in say USDC or DAI or ETH eventually of eventually of Bitcoin. And you can say, how much you know would you pay for that for an, a totally insured risk? So it's the it's it's the benchmark, right? It's a, it's risk free, you know, or as close as you're going to get to it in crypto. 
for each day out, uh, out 90 days. So what do people do when they've got this money market curve out to 90 days? Why is it so important? Because a lot of people in the crypto markets don't come from finance. So kind of explain why it's so important. Well, I think it will add depth to the financial markets in crypto. And I think it will also attract institutional investors to crypto. I mean, that's our main thing. I mean, we're hoping to bring institutional money managers to crypto to use real crypto products, like not just simply to buy and hodl uh, Bitcoin. But, you know, Bitcoin's amazing. I mean, buying and hodling is, is great. That's, that's what I do. Uh, but, you know, to replace the banking sector, to compete against the traditional banking sector, you, you need to offer like you need to offer financial products. And so the, the idea is, is that people will come to crypto and having a, a benchmark, a reference yield curve is so important for pricing anything. I, I mean, you see prices all over the place in crypto today that, that you just wouldn't see if you looked on your Bloomberg. Right. Like if you go if you go look on your crypto news sources and you look for the yields that are available, you know, it just, it varies by different, it varies by different protocols. And, uh, and there isn't this concept of risk and return, which is, you know, or it's not as refined as it could be in crypto. And one of the key things that you need is you need to be able to price risk and time value of money. And, and so that's, that's the whole idea. So how is this institutions in crypto? Is it, but is it not just trade finance on a blockchain giving you the ability to have the provable cash flows? How, how are you thinking of it as a crypto business in that respect? Well, because the other side, because the other side of that, you have to look at both sides of it because that's what banks do, right? They do, they do lending and they do deposits. So yeah, on the, on the lending side of it, to be honest, I don't like lending very much because it's a, it's a paper promise to repay. And, and it, it, it's, you know, I started this business for myself, right, with, with my own money. And I thought, I don't really want that. And if you go to Nestle and say, hey, you know, whatever, I participate in your bond and you promised to repay me in five years. Well, you get, you get very little for that. And you're dependent on somebody honoring their commitments, which nobody in crypto really likes. And so it's much better on the lending side to take an asset. And if you take an asset that you can then program, I mean, you can do it in a, in a way that matches a smart contract and you can insure it, well, that's your lending side of what banks do. And, and then what you can create, Raoul, is, is amazing because on the other side, what you can offer is deposits, right? So you've got like, you know, through your financing operations using, you know, the blockchain, proof of delivery, you know, insurance, securing it, securing it on a money market, you can offer people like, you know, a 3% insured rate of return anywhere in the world. You can be sitting in like, you know, Brazil, Lebanon. I mean, I mean, many countries that would just love to have an insured rate of return in USDC or, you know, different stable coins that, you know, I mean, as an alternative to a bank deposit. So that's, that's the idea. And where do you think this is all going to? So, we're talking about where we are now, roughly, and, and what you guys are trying to set up. Where do you think this leads to? Well, I, I mean, I'm very bullish on crypto. I mean, you know, I, I didn't start as like some, you know, programming guy who was just just in love with the, you know, with, with the technicalities of, of crypto. I mean, I've deeply fallen in love with it. But I, I think where it's going genuinely is replacing banking with code. I mean, I, I think you're going to see huge amounts of the, of the old financial infrastructure move to crypto. Just because digital is so much more efficient than essentially the black box 
analog systems uh, that we have today. So I think you will see huge, if, but a lot of it needs to have the infrastructure, right? You, you need to build that infrastructure first before a lot of institutions are gonna come. And, and one of those things is, is a yield curve. I, I mean, you, you know, you and I, maybe from you know, growing up in traditional finance, you, you just think of it instinctively, right? You, you just think of like, how do I price bonds? Or how do I, you know, the securities market line comes off of the risk-free rate or the, you know, the CAPM uses the risk, uses the risk-free rate in it. And so I think if you create something like that in, in crypto, it will allow other financial products to be built on top of it and, and price better. So, Fascinating. Well, it's going to be super interesting to see how this all develops and, and what we get to, because, you know, it's the next phase after this is when we get to longer dated yield curves that you'll four different crypto assets that will give people an understanding of how to price longer dated options or swap contracts and all of the things that create a deep and liquid financial market. And, you know, the important steps are the steps that are being take, taken now by various people testing out various ways of doing it, I think. I think you're absolutely right. I think what you're seeing is just the beginning. I think you see people like Michael Saylor pissed off with, you know, like, you know, what he should have in his corporate treasury. I think you see like kind of lead steers like, you know, Paul Tudor Jones looking for wealth, you know, protecting their wealth. I mean, Stan Druckenmiller. Look, I mean, it's just that you're seeing more and more of this being built out by, you know, forward thinking people. But I, I really, I really would argue that if anybody stops long enough and thinks and thinks about like, what is money and what is coming in the future, it, it, it leads to crypto. So you're a podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. So are you tokenizing this yield curve or is it? Uh... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's going, yes, it's going to be tokenized. And you can, you can essentially, the idea is you can buy it. Uh, with U.S. dollar stablecoins, because everything's matched. I mean, the the biggest problem in you know in traditional banking is the inverted house of cards that is fractional reserve banking. I, I mean, uh, fractional reserve banking is essentially the antithesis of what Satoshi tried to build. I mean, what Satoshi's view was is that he solved the double spend problem. You know, and in traditional in, in traditional finance it's predicated on, on double spend or more. So I think, you know, the, the really exciting part of it is, is that, you know, if you can have this, if you can have this matched lending, you're going to get a more natural rate of interest. You're, you know, the last decade has been essentially a war on savers. I mean, interest rates have gone down incredibly. And, you know, the people who've essentially paid for bailing out the banks in addition to you know uh, taxpayers are, are essentially savers. I mean, it's hard. You think of like our parents probably. It's it's hard to live off of money in the bank or just or just a, you know a sixty forty bond port, you know bond dominated portfolio. So I, I think where this will lead to, I think this will be driven honestly by people who are kind of like us, just just, just a bit pissed off and think that you can you should be able to get better. Uh, you should be able to get your make your money work harder for you. And so. So um, how, how's the token going to work? 
Well, the idea is, is that wherever you are in the world, you can like essentially contribute to it in, you know, by sending in your, you know, your stable coin. Let's just right. start with making it simple because but my dream is to do this in Bitcoin, but, but Bitcoin, yeah. Bitcoin has, Bitcoin has its challenges because, because, because nobody wants to spend it. It's really irritating. Right. So everybody just wants to hold it. So, yeah. but people are willing to spend their, you know, imagine if you're, I don't know, you're in Argentina or something like that. You can convert out of your. Argentinian, you know, peso into like uh, a U.S. dollar stablecoin, like Dai or USDC or USDT or some or something like that, and then you can have like you you're essentially making a deposit. I, I mean, you're making a bank deposit. I mean, it's yes, it's backed by essentially you know contracts in the real world, you know, that are that are fully insured. But like that's just how banks work, right? So your 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 deposit is essentially tied to the rate of interest that you would get in the real world without a central bank depressing what you get. Because, you know, I mean, negative rates are, are abnormal, right? They're like, you know, it's, that's, that's not what you see in the, in, in, in the real world. The real world has risk and return to it. And essentially crypto allows anybody in the world using like a US dollar stablecoin to get access to like a real rate of interest you know, from, from the real economy and it's insured. So. Fascinating. Robert. Okay. Thank you ever so much for that. There's plenty to think about and let's see how the, all this space develops. Yeah, that was great. It was really nice chatting with you. Okay. Good to speak to you. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye. Hey there, since you got to the end, I'm guessing you liked the video. And that's probably because we don't just turn on a camera and film, we work really hard on getting the narrative flow just right. And that's why many finance companies are actually now hiring Real Vision to make videos for them. One of our recent client videos just hit 100,000 organic views on YouTube, and there were no kittens in sight. So if you want to find out how Real Vision can make a video for your company, just email us at customvideo at realvision.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.